0: So I could do a very clever opening where I say mummy and daddy and bread van a bunch of times or I could threaten and cut off my fingers but no, I'm not going to do that because we watched the banshees of Inn and Sharon for toxic relationship month so you know what that means it's in the basket right as bagel basket
1: everyone to a man knows Mozart's name if I don't so there goes that theory
0: and anyway we're talking about niceness not what's his name My mommy, she was nice. I remember her. And my daddy, he was nice. I remember him. And my sister, she's nice.
1: I'll remember her forever. I'll remember her. And who else will? Who else will what? Remember Siobhan. Tear me
0: apart, Lisa! David. David, do you take Patrick?
1: Everything is going to be all right. I was thinking maybe the king and I. Uh, How about Oklahoma? I don't consider myself a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean.
0: Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kerlin, and we ended Isn't It Romantic Month? And now we're in Toxic Relationship Baby Don't Hurt Me Month. And to kick it off which, uh, CB, you've been on, like, every Toxic Relationship Month for the last couple of years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you're... I, I asked you, I texted you, I was like, do you want to do... Uh, so it's Christopher Brown, if you guys don't know. it it's He's always here now. Um, oh, hello. I, I was like, do you want to do Banshees of Inn and Sharon? And you're like, hell yes.
1: Yeah, it's a great movie.
0: Also, it's like... So many different toxic relationships, but, uh, the main one between, uh, Colin Farrell and, um, Brendan Gleeson felt like, it felt less like a friendship breakup and felt like a bickering couple on like the brink of divorce, like a married couple divorcing or separating.
1: Yeah, like you said, there are a lot of toxic relationships in here, but there is one relationship in this film that I find to be beautiful, and that is between Colin Farrell and Jenny the donkey.
0: No, that ends poorly.
1: It ends poorly, but not at the fault of of either of them. There was a donkey being a donkey, and, and uh, Colin Farrell was not involved.
0: Yeah, and whoever, whoever designed that dead donkey uh, puppet, they really should get an Oscar for it.
1: Like, do you, do you think it was a puppet? Like, was there was. a hand in there doing stuff?
0: It wasn't a puppet. It was like, a, it was a doll. It, it, so it was the same oh. company that...
1: <laughs> I would, that would be so great, though, if they designed it to be a puppet, knowing the that Jim it was The Jim Henson move. Company.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Colin Farrell was talking about it. So why don't you give us the blockbuster rule for the Banshees of Inn and Sharon?
1: Okay. Um, two simple country folk in Ireland who are best friends... Hit a bit of a setback in their relationship when one of the men finds the other to be a bit too boring to be his friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah,
1: that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that is the entirety of the plot of this that, film, which I, pretty, I love.
0: That's pretty much <laughs> it. Um, and I'm one of the only people. So this is a big award season heavy hitter, and mm-hmm. it's been getting. Colin Farrell's been winning for all of the when it's nominated. For comedy slash, like the Golden Musical. Globes, yeah, yeah. When it's when it's <laughs> nominated for that stuff and they break it up into categories, he's winning. So we're recording this probably. Well, we're definitely recording this way in advance of the actual Oscars. By the time this episode comes out, either the Oscars are happening or about to happen, um, and I think it's between him or Brendan Fraser. And I swear to God, if Austin Butler wins, I am going to scream.
1: Austin Butler did the best he could with the material that was presented, but that movie is a pile of horse shit.
0: Yeah, but his performance is like, it. It's fine. It's not like if if you Yeah, that's.
1: St- yeah, that I, I agree with that. That's that's kind of what I was getting at. Right. Uh, you just you just said it a little bit more succinctly than I did.
0: <laughs> right. Um, but like like I would say his performance is a C minus, and the film is an F.
1: Have you seen interviews with him?
0: Yeah, he can't he can't break the accent. He's,
1: he's he's stuck in the character, which is absolutely insane to me.
0: Yeah. So so, I I could talk forty minutes about this, and then get into <laughs> the actual banshees, but. This shows how like young and green of an actor he is. He went from being in Disney Channel TV shows to going to a play that I think he was brought in by Denzel Washington himself. I think it was The Ask Man Cometh. And then from there, he got lucky and he got a Tarantino movie. But then he gets Elvis. So he had two professional acting gigs and then 20 child actor roles. So, yeah. so of course, he's going to not have, like, the method acting. And if you try to go head first in your first starring role into method acting, yeah, you're going to get stuck in there. I mean, we all saw what happened in Gary like to Gary <laughs> <laughs> Busey.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, head trauma might have also had something to do with that. But I think um, there's one controversial thing I might say about uh, Mr. Austin Butler. And he seems like a very nice individual. He also doesn't seem like he's terribly bright. Um, Probably a mean thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) He was too busy eating that sandwich from uh, Colorado that's just, yep, yeah, yeah, just like a hollowed out loaf of bread with a full can of peanut butter and jelly and fried bacon Bacon. in it. You think Elvis called it begging, like begging strips?
0: All right, so this is what I want. I want some chunk of peanut butter, some raspberry jam, and some begging. We can't did. go on together with some crispy bacon.
1: Dogs and Elvis love the sound of begging. God,
0: I love these begging strips. It's begging. <laughs> So, so, with this film, um, I did a lot of research on it, uh, and some of the things I learned were kind of hysterical. Like, did you, did you do any research on it? Did you look anything up?
1: I have watched many YouTube videos going behind the scenes and interview with the cast and everything. I, my, my favorite tidbit that I learned is that Colin about- Farrell said hi to every dog that he passed.
0: Oh, mine is also animal-related. So, okay. <laughs> he, Colin Farrell loves animals, but yeah. Jen, Jenny the donkey kicked him in the back. <laughs> the dog bit him because <laughs> he wasn't ready to be picked up when he had to do the, the scene with the, um, putting the dog in the cart. The dog wasn't ready. He yeah, was yeah. like, no. And then, it, <laughs> then the horse on the carriage tried to veer away and ride him in reverse into a ravine. <laughs> and none of that why. made the movie.
1: Any of any story <laughs> that ends with the phrase into a ravine is always gonna be fucking funny.
0: <laughs> All I think of is a Back to the Future part
1: three. Yeah, into the uh, oh what the hell is it? I know her name was Clara, the ravine was named after her.
0: Well it was also uh uh the Cla- Clara Clayton. Clayton, yeah,
1: the, the Clayton Ravine, which was later the Clint Eastwood Ravine.
0: The Clint Eastwood Ravine. Imagine being in this now new timeline and Clint Eastwood having to tell people that he was not named after this guy. No, I wasn't named after the guy who went crazy and, and drove a train off a of ravine. Well, go on. At exactly
1: on. 88 miles per hour.
0: So, yeah, Farrell... Um, at the beginning of this movie, he is so happy. Like uh one of the uh, analysts said he looks like he just won the lottery. Like his obliviousness, his you know simple nature, loving being a farmer, having Jenny the donkey, he is so he, happy. He's got a
1: Yeah, he's got like a bop to him like You could picture him almost like, kind of like, doing whatever he's doing, all his chores or whatever, to the beat of that section in A Day in the Life, when Paul's like singing about someone's day.
0: (laughs) Oh, I was thinking of Walking on Sunshine. (laughs) Used to think
1: maybe I do do. (laughs) That song just always makes me think of Allison as Walking on Sunshine and I get sad.
0: (laughs) Oh, it makes me think of um, Futurama.
1: (laughs) yeah it's different than the intervention, isn't it?
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with this entire film, I found myself, and you said you would talk about it on the podcast. I found myself hating Colum right off the bat because I thought he was being absolutely unreasonable, no matter what, like to me, he felt so, like, Oh, go on.' <laughs>
1: Oh no 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 no! Go ahead. I'm I'm just stretching because I'm getting ready. <laughs>
0: okay, he, to me he 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 felt like the girlfriend or boyfriend who basically breaks up with you and is like I don't want to be with you anymore, and then they knock on your door, and then they sleep with you, and then they're like, "Why did you do this? I told you to leave me alone," and then keeps coming back or keeps engaging you in giving you false hope.
1: He, he doesn't give false hope, though. He makes it very clear from the get-go that he, he is not coming back to the friendship. And any time that uh, Colin Farrell tries to hang out with him, he moves. Like, Colin Farrell sits next to him at the pub, he grabs his pint, and he goes outside with it.
0: But I'm talking about, like, when he... when He could have just left Colin Farrell on the ground after... I'm not going to call it the police officer. I'm calling him a Bobby. After the Bobby beats the shit out of him. But no, he gets him into the cart... And he drives the cart and drives him home and then walks away. That to me is giving false hope.
1: That to me is being a decent human being. <laughs> like someone but, was just had the shit beaten out of him by a cop.
0: Right, and, but, but like, when you know You po- would just
1: leave them there?
0: No, no, but if this guy <laughs> is if this guy is being, you know In my opinion, Column is on the same level or trying to be on the same level. As Constable Bobby. That's what I'm gonna call him. Um as as <laughs> as Dominic's dad, who is a piece of shit. There's
1: then, there's actually a term for it. It's Garda. Garda? Yeah, that that okay. is actually it's he's not a constable or whatever, he's garda. Which okay. makes no sense to me, but hey, you know, here we are.
0: But to me, like if if he's gonna I I don't know. I just if you know that this person in town, Colin Barrel's character is, let, let's face it, he's a very simple man. He's a... Yes.
1: They, they turn a very... Let's, let's be clear. They are both simple men.
0: Right. But he's a very sweet, simple man who ends up becoming just as embittered and just as... This is why I think it's a great metaphor for a toxic relationship, because you're still encompassed by this person who wants nothing to do, do with you, and it drives you crazy that you become just as broken and toxic as they are. And that's literally what happens to him.
1: I agree. I, I just wouldn't say that um, him having the common decency to, to take him home after, you know, getting the shit beaten out of him was, was false hope. I, I just think that was him doing the right thing.
0: Well, I'm also talking about the the, the other times when, like, even engaging Siobhan, uh, mm-hmm. like, like, if you want nothing to do with the Sullivan family... You just ignore everyone, Siobhan included. Like, if you want to cut these, this person out, you have to cut off the entire head.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he was... I, I Again, I think we'll have to agree to disagree that he was, you know, giving false hope. I, I don't think that that was an element of it. Well, I do still think there are several toxic elements to this relationship.
0: I, I think... Well, the other problem I had is this this whole... I don't have a problem with this whole element of it, but I, the, the fact that he is depressed and his depression, he's taking out on uh park.
1: Well, I, I think what it, I think it is depression certainly, but I think it's almost like a three quarter life crisis type thing as well. Right. And again, like that's not something you should be taking out on other people, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think that that's absolutely happening.
0: Well, I was, I was trying to explain this to Haley. Um, because she had no interest in watching it because she saw a dog. She knows Martin McDonough's history with animals in the movie. And she's like, that dog better not die. I'm like, the dog doesn't die. The
1: donkey does. The donkey does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but I I was explaining it to her. And she's like, so basically this is, you know, very classic for that time period in Ireland, and I responded with, "This is pretty much that entire John Mullaney bit about about uh, how to handle things in Ireland. Just bury the boy. <laughs> I'm going to be angry, <laughs> and I'm going to repress it forever."
1: <laughs> yeah, I will say though, uh, a part of me did really identify with Colm, and the reason for that was especially like back in like high school or when you're younger. Um, high school, college, like just out of college. You ever like be hanging out with someone, and you just like something snaps into focus, and you're like, what "The hell am I doing?" I'm like, why am I hanging out with this person? <laughs> Wait, is this an intervention? Do you not want to hang
0: out anymore? <laughs> why are you lifting those those shears now?
1: <laughs> CB has left the call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I I totally get it, but at the at the same time. I, the person I relate to the most in this. Can you guess who I relate to the most in this?
1: Jenny the donkey.
0: A close second, and also fuck you. Uh
1: huh. It's gonna be uh, Dominic, right? No. Siobhan. Okay, I was gonna say, if, if, if you did identify with Dominic, that would be a little weird, given what he goes through in this film. No, it's Siobhan. Yeah, I mean, she's she's probably, the. Everyone we see in this movie is, is flawed to some degree. She is probably the least flawed of right. the individuals we meet.
0: Well, this movie is all about depression. And mm-hmm. so, so, Column, because it, it's Column in, in Ireland, and we say Colm over here, right?
1: Yeah, like Colm Meany.
0: Yeah, but I believe it's pronounced Column.
1: <laughs> um, I will call him whatever the hell I want. No, I'm I don't just care just... what he th- I don't. I don't care how he thinks his name is pronounced.
0: <laughs> anyways, I had no.
1: I had an no old boss who used to do that. He would actually like if someone had like a French last name, but they pronounced it anglicized. He would always pronounce it the French way, as if like he fucking knew better than them. <laughs> Colbert. Okay. Yeah, he, he, it's complete Colbert. asshole. But anyways, sorry, I, I, I digress.
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> anyways, um. Yeah, uh, Colm, Colm, whatever the fuck his name is, um... Gollum. Gollum, yeah. His depression comes out in very negative ways. Yes. Um, Porrix turns into something dark. His depression goes from being happiness and just, like, ignoring he, he becomes,
1: it. He, be- he just outright becomes antagonistic almost immediately. <laughs>
0: I would say not immediately. I would say maybe not
1: after the, con- after the confusion ends after yes. he becomes <laughs> right.
0: I would say, I would say basically as soon as um, uh, she, she intervenes at the bar after the drunken night, that's mm-hmm. when he becomes antagonistic. So like, you know, one, I, I Halfway through, like, which we'll get into how fast this movie goes, and it's so long, anyways. But uh, then Dominic doesn't know how to handle it, and that's why he ends up uh, unfortunately committing suicide. Yeah. And she is the one who knows how to handle her depression. She knows she's depressed, she knows she's stuck in a rut, and she does something about it. She leaves, she finds a new job, mm-hmm. and she goes. So basically, We have the strongest character in this movie, and honestly, she is written so beautifully, and it's a shame that she is not going to win the Oscar because she is my choice. I would like to see her win.
1: I think the problem is that this movie is very, very reliant on its two leads, and in a film like that where it is very much about two individuals, a lot of the side characters don't tend to get the attention that they deserve um, from people who are watching the movie, and I, I think that she suffers from that because both, both her and uh, Barry Keegan, and uh, honestly everyone, this movie was very well cast, very well acted, and um, especially the yeah, Banshee. I, I think that, yes, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that everyone is is absolutely great in it, and yeah, it, it sucks that uh, people like Carrie Condon and Barry Keoghan are getting kind of the the shaft here, although. As I told you earlier, I find Barry Kilgan to have like one of the most punchable faces in cinema today. <laughs> and I know. that's on me. That's on me. That's not on him.
0: <laughs> I know, but his performance in this is so heartbreaking and like
1: He is fantastic in this.
0: So so I've I've never up,
1: seen him be bad in anything. He's just he's great in everything he's in. He's a talented yeah, guy.
0: Yeah, even if the movie is bad, like in The Eternals, that film is is dog shit. Um but he's great in it. <laughs>
1: You, you watched it in the exact wrong circumstances. I watched it in the exact right circumstance. And there is only one circumstance to watch that film. On a plane.
0: That, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I probably should have. <laughs> I should have spent if, if, like $5,000 on a plane ticket.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, that, that was one of the pleasant surprises of going to Portugal last year. Um, there were two on the flight. Or three, I should say. One, they served food which was insane. When was the last time you had a fucking meal on a plane? Uh, uh, two-
0: 2006. Yeah.
1: <laughs> two, uh, Eternals, I enjoyed fine enough. Like, it, it wasn't... I'm probably never going to watch it again, but it was, it was an enjoyable enough uh, couple hours. And three, uh, the Portuguese airline has this thing called Maps for Kids on their on-screen thing. So, like, you know how you can follow the flight path and what have you? Mm-hmm. They have a version of that for children, and basically, it's a picture of the globe, and there are like four, maybe five animals that are over areas. And if you tap those animals, it tells you what the animal is and where it lives. <laughs> so, I totally thought you were going to
0: say something messed up. Like, like, you can see all the planes going, and if you touch on it, you can take over the controls and start flying the plane. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. uh, Unfortunately, that is not the case. But yeah, if you're ever flying TAP Airlines, this is a a, a little uh, flight hack for all of you out there. Be sure to check out Maps for Kids. Yeah. Scott, I'll I'll send you some pictures because I I took pictures of it. (laughs) And use code
0: WBB to get 20% off your flight. (laughs) Someone's going to try that now and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this?
1: yeah, well, and it's great because Tap Air's website is so horrifically broken that if they tried to enter a coupon code, like <laughs> the building where the server is will probably catch fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please don't do that. Um Yeah, but but he he's so good in this and he's so heartbreaking like when when he goes, "You wouldn't fancy wanting to fall in love with me." And she's like, "Oh, Dominic, no." And she does it very sweetly and like he thinks it has to do with him as a person, but it also has to do with the fact that he's she's way older than him.
1: Yeah. And I would say of the characters we meet in this film, Dominic is the simplest. Yes. So he is he's is definitely I, I I don't know if he's actually supposed to be like intellectually um, not all there or, or what have you but, um he's he's definitely not like an intelligent character by any stretch, so and he's he's very simple, and he shows it quite a bit,
0: according to Martin McDonough. It has to do with the fact that he had been beaten his entire life by his dad that it caused brain damage.
1: That would stand to reason with uh, everything we learn about him in the film,
0: yeah. and its it's so sad when he, like, basically loses hope in in Porick when he realizes that Pork is just as bad as all the other guys in this town. When he... Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when Pork calls that guy into his cart to give him a ride and be like, oh, I was supposed to find you because, you know, your mommy's dead. And he's like, my mommy's been dead for years. Oh, uh, uh did I say your mommy? I, m- I meant your daddy. <laughs> and <laughs> and when 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 Dominic finds that out, that he tells this guy that his dad was crushed by a bread van the look mm-hmm. of pain on his face of realizing like your hero is dead
1: at two pork <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh the other the other thing that um in the research from imdb it says Porrick sullivan would translate in america to patrick sullivan a very common irish name
1: <laughs> imdb trivia is just fantastic like anything that is user sourced will always end up being incredible.
0: I know. Are you going to put in another uh, uh, fake trivia idea?
1: (laughs) Oh, maybe I can. Maybe I can. Uh, I actually have an IMDb tab open right now.
0: (laughs) Sign in. But uh, this movie was supposed to come out way way before even Three Billboards um, outside Ebbing, Missouri and Seven Psychopath. Like, after they did In Bruges, this was the movie they were all supposed to do together.
1: Yeah, it stands to reason.
0: And, um... I think it was because his brother, John McDonough, was making The Guard with Brendan Gleeson, which caused delay. And then... Martin decided to do Seven Psychopath. And then from that, he got his relationship with Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrelson, that he did three billboards. And then now here we are, and I'm in a room talking to you. <laughs> I and I yeah, think makes sense. Uh, in Bruges is still my favorite Martin McDonough film, but this is a close second. I think this is one of his best.
1: I prefer this to In Bruges. Really? Um yeah, they're they're both great great movies. Um They're very different too. They they're very different moods. Um This is weirdly more, I think I don't want to say like anarchic, but it's like <laughs> it's it's a more chaotic film, I think, than In Bruges, which is more I think kind of somber and um more like almost like Introspective it's it's, well, it's more about like inside as opposed to outside, and this I think is the exact opposite of that.
0: The funny thing about in Bruges is it looks chaotic, but it's very calm and this looks calm, but it's very chaotic <laughs> I th- I think with this movie as a whole, my favorite part is the the bartender and the bartender's twin brother. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, when they're like, "Oh, come on, call him," he he put his bear down, and they're like, "Yeah, his 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 pint was there. His pint was there." They're 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 like the brothers from the Sandlot. Yeah, <laughs> and I think my favorite line in this whole movie is when uh, Pork enters at at the end or three quarters to the end, and the bartender goes, oh, hello, Pork, you look well. And, like, he just got done burying his donkey, and he's about to <laughs> tell him to fuck off. <laughs> it was on my second viewing today <laughs> when I realized, like, that line of dialogue.
1: It's <laughs> very good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I, I just submitted um, a trivia for Banshees of Anishirin. And the trivia that I submitted was Jenny the donkey is actually the third donkey that was cast in the final role. (laughs) (laughs) Completely benign. Not going to harm anyone.
0: Oh, man. I would put something like Colin Farrell, Barry Keegan, and Carrie Condon have all have ties to Marvel. They do? Yeah, Colin Farrell was Daredevil, uh, was Bullseye and the shitty... Daredevil with Ben Affleck, Barry Keegan was in mm. Eternals, and Carrie Condon replaced um, Paul Bett- Bettany as the voice of. She she became Friday. She was Tony Stark's yeah onboard computer. Yeah. And Brendan Gleeson likes Marvel movies.
1: <laughs> That's just how you end it.
0: <laughs>
1: and Brendan Gleeson was originally the front runner for the role of Tony Stark.
0: Have you ever seen any of the videos? God, I would
1: see that Iron Man in fucking a heartbeat.
0: (laughs) Have you seen any of the videos that he did to help out his boys? So Donald was doing the the Ireland's version of um, Red Nose Day, Um, Mm -hmm. and he makes videos for it, and he always does them and gets Brendan uh, Brendan to be in them, and the funniest one is when Brendan is explaining the birds and the bees to his 22-year-old son, <laughs> played by Donald Gleason, and what he thinks intercourse is, is hysterical.
1: I will check that out, because yeah. Brendan Gleason is a, is a treasure.
0: Yeah, I, I think... He, that's the problem here. He's my least favorite part of this movie.
1: I mean, he's he's not. I don't think he's really supposed to be terribly likable. I I don't think anyone in this movie is really supposed to come off great, except for maybe Shaban.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Dominic. But that's because uh,
1: Dominic's fine. Yeah, but he, he's he's also a troubled character as well.
0: But I will say that this is probably Colin Farrell's best role.
1: I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I, I've, I've liked him better in, but.
0: I would say this. I mean, he was then fantastic. Be somewhere to find them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say this. Then in Bruges.
1: I would say that they're up there. Yeah, I, or his. Weirdly, I'm I'm blanking on Colin Farrell movies at the moment. But I uh,
0: could, I could name so many Colin Farrell movies that it's very oh, upsetting. The, the Lobster. Yeah, he's great. The lobster. He lobster. was fantastic
1: in that and um killing the, the recruit year with, with, with Barry <laughs> Keegan.
0: I was going to say and The Recruit with Al Pacino from
1: 2003. <laughs> uh and obviously the makeup is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but uh he was great in the Batman too.
0: Oh yeah, he's so good in Again with
1: Barry Keegan. Barry Keegan's in fucking following him around like a shadow.
0: <laughs> Apparently they lived together while they were making this movie. They shared a flat and Colin Farrell was getting pissed off because uh Barry Keegan was leaving his dirty dishes in the sink and wasn't putting them in the dishwasher. And that
1: is a real issue. Uh, I almost punched my old roommate over dishes.
0: <laughs> and I am
1: not a violent person, but he drove me there. But I
0: find it so funny that, like, that, when you look at, like, if he's around the same age, Barry Keegan is around the same age as Colin Farrell was when he became Colin Farrell, when he became, like, huge star Colin Farrell. And... yeah. I was going back to the recruit with Al Pacino, and I imagine if him and Al Pacino had to share an apartment back in 2003, he'd be the one leaving the dirty dishes. And Al Pacino would be like, For the love of God, Colin, you gotta put him in the dishwasher. Hoo (laughs) ha! I know
1: you're a foot taller than me, but you gotta put away your dishes. I love that bit on the Peter Fenowitz show when he's doing the actor master classes and he does one as Al Pacino and his costume is like he's on his shoes are on his knees as he's just like walking around like that <laughs> so
0: yeah that, that was um, do you know the famous photo shoot or uh, red carpet shoot of The Recruit back from 2000 I do not the only reason why I remember that movie is because of this red carpet where I believe Colin Farrell shows up in his iconic. This was the period where he was wearing a scarf and, and the beanie hat, and he took Britney Spears. I think this was the movie where he took Britney Spears to the. Am I thinking of the right one?
1: Yep, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep, you are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, God, yeah, there's an awful picture here of both of them. Like, they, like they're like they both clearly drunk, <laughs> and they just both look fucking obnox, like, completely obnoxious.
0: Yeah, the funny thing is, someone asked him about that in an interview, and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just looking at the picture, I assume he probably didn't know the next day. <laughs>
0: I I love the fact that Colin Farrell back in the early two thousands was like this rascal, and now Colin Farrell now is just like a you know hardworking actor dad. His roundtable mm-hmm. that he did this award season, actors on actors, which might be the greatest oh, actor. Do you know which that, one was, that about? was
1: great? Are, are you talking about the one that, <laughs> that also included our boy Austin Butler?
0: Yeah, and Brendan Fraser yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah. Key Quan. <Kwan>. Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah. Uh and uh Key Kwan from um everything everywhere once.
1: Key Hu Kwan <laughs> is so good.
0: Yeah, and and basically Colin furlis is cutting off everyone, but not in a mean way. It's just to gush about how much he loves them as people. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, he he just came across as such a nice guy.
0: Yeah, like when he found out that um because Key doesn't have, or he might have an agent now, but in the beginning to get to sign the contract, he didn't have an agent at the time for everything, everywhere, all at once. And Jeff Cohen, who played Chunk, was yep. was his attorney. And he, he <laughs> Colin Farrell and Adam Sandler's minds blowing that <laughs> Chunk and Data from the Goonies were in the A twenty four office signing a contract. <laughs> Watching Colin Farrell's eyes light up, watching him this entire press tour of this movie has been an absolute delight.
1: He just seems like such a wonderful man. Yeah. Just so, so he's like so incredibly grateful. And honestly, I hope this gets him all the work in the world.
0: Yeah. Film, you know,
1: going, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, film critic David Sims was doing an interview with him for this at Toronto and was talking about how his daughter just turned uh, a year and he's like giving David Sims film critic for the Atlantic advice on how to raise the child and like, Oh, you need to let them do their own thing and be in their own minds and, and like giving him advice. <laughs> and David Sims is like, Did we so just good. become best friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, going back to Al Pacino for a second, uh, when the, my big takeaway from that um, actors on Ac- actor is roundtable is that Adam Sandler today sounds like an imitation of Al Pacino, <laughs> like someone doing an imitation of Al Pacino. <laughs> I was
0: thinking another go- uh, Godfather actor. He kind of sounds like Alex Rocco now. <laughs> he sounds like Mo Green.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, uh, like I, I, specifically, I want to say he doesn't sound like Al Pacino. He sounds like someone doing an imitation of Al Pacino, and so that's he just sounds like his like resting dunk.
0: voice. I changed <laughs> my name to Dunk, Dunkachino.
1: Yeah, I mean, me, me, and this guy, this guy Brendan Fraser, we were in a movie together called Airheads. I don't know if anyone saw it, but it was, it was a fun time. It was a long time ago. Look at us; we were just babies. <laughs> Hoo
0: ha! Adam, you don't say that. <laughs> and and also in that actors on actors every time austin butler spoke everyone was like go on buddy finish your (laughs) sentence like they're trying so hard to be encouraging but like he he can't compete with their filmographies
1: yeah yeah it was i mean i i like that they have people like him in there uh, because it's it's nice to have uh you know different perspectives in, in that sort of round table. Uh but yeah, he he came across as a little silly at times.
0: Oh yeah, it was uh me and uh Tom Hanks and we were watching Joe vs Volcano. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, good job, buddy.
1: <laughs> you know, to prepare for the role of Elvis, I actually flew out to Colorado and I got me one of them sandwiches. 9,000 calories later, I understood it all. Do you think he
0: did like the Elvis thing where he took died the on pri- the pilot? <laughs> no. <laughs> took the private jet, didn't step foot in Colorado, had someone make it at the rinky dink gas station that they landed at, bring it to him, and then fly away.
1: That would be a hell of an advance on his salary, because I'm assuming he probably couldn't have afforded to do that before Elvis.
0: But Boz Lerman could.
1: Yeah, Boz probably, like, encouraged that sort of thing.
0: Huh. Here's what you gotta now, do, bloke.
1: Can you imagine what ghastly things Elvis ate? <laughs> like, if that sandwich is any indication. And, like, like obviously fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches or whatever. Like, just the ghastly things that that man put in his body to, to like do what he did to himself
0: well I have my favorite type of sandwich it's deep fried french toast with 20 pounds (laughs) of roast beef covered in quaaludes (laughs) we can't go on together with all of these (laughs) loons.
1: I can't believe that he needed to take downers (laughs) given the amount of food he took (laughs) and yes I said the amount of food he took because that's (laughs) what it feels like to me
0: I just picture him going to basically, like, a buffet and pushing a kid out of the way and be like, no, Johnny, this is mine.
1: No, this is, this is Elvis' moment at the Golden Corral.
0: <laughs> he just picks up a trough and walks <laughs> Elvis, what?
1: Car- goes over to the carvery guy. Nah, just, just, just keep it coming, boss.
0: <laughs> and Have you like- seen,
1: um, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, and everyone's like, Elvis, why is the only song you can remember is Suspicious Minds? I don't know. Viva Lost Tony Danza. No, that's <laughs> that's not one of your songs. bake? Um,
1: did, did you ever see the video on YouTube um, that's like a training video for, I think it's like, a, a, it's one of those buffet chains. It's not like Golden Corral, but um, it's like showing how to actually like interact with customers if you're the carver.
0: Oh, Yeah, and the guy looks miserable and sad.
1: Yes, it's fantastic. There is another version that is a do and don't version (laughs) where it's the original, but the don'ts uh, spliced into it are Bob Odenkirk. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Like, do tell the customer to have a good day. All right. Thank you very much and have a great day. Don't say... (laughs) All right, now take out, get out of here, you juicy bitch. <laughs> it's just so fucking good.
0: Speaking of gross food, the food that they're eating in this movie, I'm sorry that that porridge, that pork's porridge looks disgusting that he has to eat.
1: Well, to revisit, I believe it was last year's uh, entry in the series that we covered together, uh, Midsummer. It reminds no, me we didn't, of the we, food. We it,
0: never, we never. We recorded that. We couldn't make that work. We, did oh, we didn't make that work.
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, well, to talk about Midsummer for a second, uh, apparently the pies that they made for that were horrific and were sitting in the sun all day. So um, I forget the actor's name. Is it Jack Traynor uh, that was in there? Jack Raynor. Jack Rayner, close. Yeah. Uh, he he was talking about it after the fact, and he was like, "Yeah, and I had to eat it for the role, and it was like one of the most <laughs> revolting things I've ever had to eat." So, yes, uh, it made me think of that. Just horrible food in movies.
0: <laughs> I have to talk about Dominic's dad. the Our Constable Bobby Garter. <laughs> mm. I I really hate this guy. And I'm sure the actor is a great actor. But his performance and the character itself is just so annoying that I couldn't... I, I pretty much started like ignoring him every time he came on. Both viewings.
1: I wouldn't call him annoying. I would call him horrific in every yeah. facet. <laughs> he is I'm easily the least likable person in this. Yeah, I know, but in the in the film, they make it clear that he has abused his son his entire life in a number of ways. and Hit his kid uh, with uh, you know, a kettle.
0: <laughs> and and yeah, this is no, he, 1923 he, kettles, so they're, they're, that's made out of... Cast iron. A, cast iron. Cast <laughs> iron. Well, the, I I would actually say the most horrific person in this movie would have been him if it wasn't the shopkeeper who basically said that she would have hit the kid too if she had the chance and then is opening everyone's <laughs> <Jesus>. mail. <laughs> that woman uh, is yeah, awful. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, she, she is no good for... Um, Let's just say she condoned um, beating the uh, shit out the of Chief your kid. Chief Bobby's behavior, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the... Okay, so another problem I have with the movie is when he goes, I'm thinking of calling it the Banshees of inn and Sharon, and Colin Farrell goes, we don't have Banshees. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? That old woman. She is clearly <laughs> a Banshee. She literally is trying to call... Uh, Shavon to walk across the lake and drown herself, which I think is is what she does to um, Dominic. I think that's why Dominic ends up drowning because she calls him over to walk over. <laughs> I think she she sees him strike out and then basically you know messes with his mind.
1: I mean, it's it's possible.
0: She also condones like burning a dog. <laughs> She tries to get him to yeah. light the dog on fire, <laughs> and I love like even how much shit pork goes through and how much he turns, he still has his love of animals, and when he looks at the dog, and he's like, "Why would I ever hurt you? You didn't do anything to me and um the dog's just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I would say that um besides Shaban the uh, Jenny, the donkey, and the dog are, are the best people <laughs> in this.
0: Don't forget using the term "people." D- don't forget the pony and don't forget the cow.
1: Yeah, they're they're a little lower profile in this though. They don't oh. get quite the street. We don't really get to know them the same way that we get to know yeah. Jenny and the dog.
0: Well, when the when the pony goes up to Jenny's dead body, and is just hovering, is like, "Hey, are you okay, Jenny?" Jenny, <laughs> like you're making me important? sound like Forrest Cump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was doing Brian Regan. Hey, how's it going, Jenny? Jenny, she's not waking up, guys. It's by Brian Regan impression.
1: <laughs> well done. Oh no,
0: I can do Forest Cump, uh, Jenny.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you can. I wouldn't, but you can.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I think the most jarring part is when uh, Colm actually goes through with chopping off his fingers.
1: That was highly unexpected. I did not see that coming at all. And as soon as it went down, I was just like, oh, shit, we're in it now.
0: (laughs) This, yeah, this well, movie
1: has taken a turn. <laughs>
0: I was thinking about it. If this actually got made, when, you know, Martin McDonough was first starting out as a director, this is why I think he's much more reserved. If this got made exactly right after, in Bruges, they would have literally shown it. Like, like he would have gone up to Colin Farrell and chopped off his finger right in front of him, and then handed it mm-hmm. to him. But he's become a much more reserved director. And I, I, because I think it had to do with um, uh, Three Billboards, because, like, all of the violence that happens in that movie happens off camera.
1: Yeah, I still haven't seen that. I I never had a burning desire to see it.
0: I like it. I think it's a good movie. Um, But, like, he's become a much more reserved director.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's he's also half of a hell of a power couple, too. Who's he married to? Uh, he's been dating Phoebe Waller-Bridge for like five years. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Do you think when they're having a conversation, she turns and looks at the camera?
1: <laughs> Is my asshole just too big?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just picture them being like... Uh, having dinner and be like, so uh, I got the Oscars coming up, and she just looks at the camera and goes, we know.
1: <laughs> it would be great if she did that, but everyone was completely aware of what she's doing. Uh, <laughs> y- you know that I'm right here, and I can hear you, right?
0: <laughs> and she just makes a, a face off camera. Wh- yeah, she, where are you just looking?
1: Like, lo- just looks at the camera.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like like when the hot priest catches on. <laughs> where, where are you looking?
1: Yeah, that <laughs> that show is so genius. I I should rewatch it because it, it is just wonderful.
0: I mean if if they really want to do something spectacular, she writes a screenplay and he directs it.
1: That would be incredible.
0: Or they write it together because he's he's a pretty good writer too.
1: Yeah, I mean he he wrote this and this is a fucking great film.
0: Yes. <laughs> I mean uh the, the one Martin McDonough joke that I always think of is in Oh Hello, when they go, Look, it's the pillow man from Martin McDonough's The Pillow Man. <laughs> <laughs> For you in the cheap seats, I, <laughs> he's got googly eyes.
1: <laughs> I, I never saw the entire thing of that. I saw probably about half of it.
0: It's at the very beginning.
1: Is- it was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, Daniela was watching it, and I came in the room, so I almost definitely missed that.
0: Yeah, they're going through the entire set. They're like, yeah, we, we took half the set from Steel Magnolias and half the set from an August Wilson play, <laughs> and we got this <laughs> trap door, and if you lift it up, look, it's the pillow man from Martin McDonough's The Pillow Man. <laughs> and I love the fact that Martin McDonough in his writing, he doesn't shy away from from very sensitive subjects and going dark.
1: Uh, I have a a question for you. Do you think that Martin McDonough is related to Hollywood's Neil McDonough?
0: Uh, no. I don't. But I know he's related to John McDonough.
1: um, Is John McDonough related to Hollywood's Neil McDonough? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I, I love Neil McDonough and it makes me sad seeing him starting to like slum around in Ryan Murphy projects
0: well you know why that is right like he has trouble getting work because he refuses to have shoot nudes well romance scenes even just kissing because he's very devout and he's very you know believes in his marriage to his wife because of his religion.
1: Interesting. I did not know that about him, but uh that, that it, look makes it a lot of sense.
0: Look it up. He did an interview and he's like that's why I had to do like all of those CW shows. <laughs> all those supermans. Yeah.
1: He's a hell of a villain in uh Paul Blart Mall Cop too.
0: Honestly, I feel like he could play a a villain in like any type of like comedy. He could be like the next Christopher McDonald.
1: Yeah, very, yeah, I could see that. But I would love,
0: I would love for him to see like a spinoff movie of his character from Minority Report. Like it's the entire plot of Minority <laughs> Report from his perspective, just so we can have the you don't have to run. I love that you don't you don't have to chase me, you don't have to run. Like <laughs> that is what sealed it for me.
1: Yeah did you did you see him on American Horror Story?
0: No,
1: no. Yeah, he played uh, Eisenhower. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, he played Dwight Eisenhower. He there played- was um uh, a couple seasons ago they they did like the um the quote unquote double feature season. So like half was one story and then the next half was a different one. Uh, one of them was about aliens making contact after Roswell, and uh, yeah, he was he was Eisenhower.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mamie, get in here. <laughs> They're going pro bus. Who do you uh, think is yeah. the better yeah, I who do you think is the better Eisenhower, him or Robin Williams?
1: Uh, uh, Eisenhower. here's the president. Uh, 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 that's Eisenhower. Um I would go with Neil McDonough.
0: <laughs> did you see him uh Robin Williams as Eisenhower and Lee Daniels the butler?
1: I did not. Uh I don't feel I have to. <laughs>
0: It's literally him painting.
1: <laughs> I I love painter ex presidents. Yeah, it's good stuff. See, yeah, I, well, uh, I guess I'm bored now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know Hank Hill was one of our presidents. <laughs> oh, guess I'm bored now, Bobby. Hey, Dad! Look, it's Secret Service. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Could you imagine the horrific policies Hank Hill w- w- would bring to the table? Well, we're going to replace all of our
0: heating with propane and propane accessories. Yeah, I, so this movie as a whole is, is perfect. From beginning to end, Like it starts out so strong and ends so strong. And I love that basically um, uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson is like, so are we even now? And he's like, no, we're not even. You killed a person. You killed my donkey.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's great that it basically, where they were just before the film started is not all that far off from where it ends. Um, except that they're now even more entwined than they were before. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, I had a question. What are rashers?
1: Rashers are um, English bacon. It's like, really super fatty um, not usually pretty undercooked like okay. maybe just past the point of you're definitely going to die from eating this <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay it's, it's what
1: um it's what my friend Jim calls runny bacon
0: okay because I wasn't I knew it was some sort of meat product but I was like I wouldn't want to get any meat product from that woman from that woman's <laughs> shop it does not like it doesn't look like she has a a block of ice. Doesn't look like she has anything to try and preserve it.
1: Yeah, she, like, uses the butt of, like, her butcher knife to, like, scratch her ass and then, like, starts cutting meat.
0: <laughs> or in, like, uh, Blazing Saddles when she uh, is cleaning the glass and she spits into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, uh, random aside, I just read Mel Brooks's autobiography. If yep. you haven't read it, uh, definitely do. It's, it's a lot of fun.
0: My dad keeps trying to get me to read it. He's like, "You need to read that. You need to read Bruce Springsteen's twenty-hour book."
1: I'm like, Ugh. "That's that's a lot of Bruce, especially now that he's uh come out in full support of Ticketmaster."
0: Oh, well, you know, you know, we we need to get our tickets. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? is it gonna go on Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. They got some fun really prices. Like
1: I like that dynamic pricing. Uh, when when a lot of people want to buy tickets, they cost three hundred dollars. It's it's really beneficial.
0: <laughs> Bruce, put your put your harmonica away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this as a whole, it just I think of of the best picture nominees. If everything, everywhere, all at once doesn't win best picture, this is what I'm rooting for.
1: Uh, I would vote for this over um, everything, everywhere, all at once. I That's a movie that I really like, and I see why people love it, but I personally don't love it. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, spoilers for that, uh, if you haven't seen it, but it, at its heart, it's really a family drama, and family dramas are a super hard sell for me.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's why your, your number one choice is Fablemans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, to wit, you asked me to go see that with you, and... Uh, it was good, I okay? did not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, okay, so the thing that blows my mind about Fablemans, the person who's getting all of the buzz and the nominations is Judd Hirsch. He's literally in the movie for less than five minutes. He shows up. He used to be in the circus. He was a lion tamer. He rips a rotisserie chicken with his hands instead of using a knife and fork like a normal person. And then he has a whole monologue about how you're an artist. Be an artist. Okay, bye-bye. And then he just...
1: (laughs) Well, I I think um, with someone like him at this stage of their career, uh, if they haven't gotten any award attention, it's really uh, like we got to shit or get off the pod at this point.
0: Yeah, well, it should have been Paul Dano. Like, it should have been... It should have been Paul Dano over him. Because originally they thought it was going to be Brendan Gleeson for this, Barry uh, Keegan for this, which that's what it was, and then Hirsch and Dano, and then Key for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why the, the big surprise was, you know, Brian Tyree Henry and Causeway. But I would have done Dano over him. And I still, if by some miracle, I mean... Key is going to win he's gonna win hands down <laughs> he's he's already won every other award For, yeah
1: but you know but, that's that's exactly the kind of thing where like the Oscars would throw in a monkey wrench just to keep it spicy
0: yeah, well, if they do that that that's my point if they do that, give it to Barry Keegan like. That that that's where I'm yeah. at. I, I still think he is the 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 most heartbreaking performance, especially when he looks back. Um both times. He looks back at Colin Farrell when he's like, I don't wanna talk to you anymore. And then he looks back um at Siobhan and they're two different looks. The first one is I'm I'm disgusted by you. I can't believe I trusted you and then the one with Siobhan is like, okay, I'm going to go die now, bye. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's very good in this. <clears throat>
0: so, anything else we left out, or should we get into bagels? No, I don't
1: think there's anything else. You want to have more uh, trivia to IMDb? <laughs> no, I'll just leave it with the one. Uh, it turns out that they rejected my entry for Home Sweet Home Alone, so uh, I'm going to play it safe.
0: It was on there for, like, the longest time.
1: Uh, it is no longer. Uh, specifically, how how is it phrased here? Let me see here. Declined. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was on there for the longest time.
1: Well, you know, brightest flames burn the shortest, et cetera, et cetera.
0: <laughs> it's on there for at least a year.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I like that they have some sort of custodian, though, who goes through and <laughs> weeds out some of the horse shit.
0: <laughs> so, how many bagels?
1: I'm going to give this 12 and a half. It's not a perfect movie, but it is pretty damn close.
0: I'm going to go with a flat-out 12. I I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that work, but there are some things that don't. I mm-hmm. think that you know, to have a bunch of unlikable characters as your main characters and make them likable is pretty incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's and, a it's a tall order for sure.
0: And and I think that um I, I think that it's just perfect performances from Farrell and from condon um yeah so gotta you want to promote anything
1: <sighs> let's see uh no nah, you know i don't i don't really have much going on right now
0: yeah i'm looking through it right now yeah they took it down <laughs> you are correct <laughs> it's no longer there um so yeah uh We have a mini-series, so listen to that, uh, one Scary Met Stabby. You can listen to old episodes while we get the new ones ready. Um, And we're on Instagram. Um, We don't have a Twitter or Facebook for that. Um, Listen to my other podcast, Hell is a Musical. Um, Yeah, so so, uh, like this podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Leave us five stars. And uh, buddy, Chris, thanks for doing this. Until next time. Yeah, no worries. I'm Scott Kerlin. Bye.